You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Still high on kickoff times and games being scheduled, and now we can start mapping out our days. I'm even, I'm even somewhat planning my breakfast, lunch, and dinner menu for September 4th. I'm so excited. Oh, man, September 4th is going to be a great day. There's no doubt about it. By the way, Jimmy, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto, and I will talk about them in just a second. Meanwhile, though, we're going to lead off with something I never, ever, 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 ever thought I'd lead off with, and that's Major League Baseball because Spencer Turnbull, the Alabama alum, throws a no-hitter last night. Um, I People know me. I'm not a baseball dude, especially not a Major League dude. In fact, I only hate the Braves because they used to preempt Space Giants, a show I watched on TBS. I've talked about that several times. So I dislike the Braves with all my being, um, but I don't dislike them enough to even watch them lose. It's not like I feel about them like I feel about Auburn or something. I'll watch Auburn to watch Auburn lose, but I will not watch the Braves to watch the Braves lose. I just don't like baseball. That being said, uh, it's pretty cool that an Alabama alum throws the first Alabama alum no-hitter in Major League history, and congratulations to Mr. Spencer Turnbull. Crazy that it would happen. I mean, I mean, first of all, there's already been something like five no-hitters, which, which is – I don't know if that's the record for this early in the season, but it certainly feels like like it, it should be the record. But five no-hitters already, and – yeah, Spencer Turnbull, congratulations on Major League history. The Tigers' first no-hitter since 2011, since Justin Verlander. You know, slam dunk, first ballot Hall of Famer, Justin Verlander. He's the first. Spencer's the first to throw a no-hitter for the Tigers since him. Um, also on the same night, a, a lot less of an accomplishment, and it's because he spent so much time in the American League before just now in the National League, but also Alabama alum pitcher Tommy Hunter got his first Major League base hit last night and celebrated as if he had just walked off game seven of the world series with a home run. He, that was the most excited I've ever seen a grown man hitting a single in my life. He got to first base and his smile was foul pole to foul pole. Uh, yeah. Tommy Hunter's first major league hit, even though he's been in the big leagues for several years, but, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool accomplishment for Spencer. Yeah, and um, I saw the interview on SportsCenter with him, and, uh, man, just really cool to see him that excited. And I do think it's great that Alabama gets some notoriety for baseball, uh, especially considering we have both been ranting on the fact that uh, Alabama baseball is behind the eight ball because of the lottery issue and um, the, the Hope scholarships and all the other scholarships people can get, et cetera. And uh, so it's kind of ironic that one of our alums goes out in the major leagues and tosses a no-hitter. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I read uh, today on one of the boards, I didn't know, because I didn't know everything there is to know about Spencer's career at Alabama, but he came to Alabama with no scholarship money. He was a flat-out walk-on at Alabama. And uh, he ain't walking on the Detroit Tigers. I think they pay him. So uh, and he might be in line for a bigger payday uh, down the road. 
Yeah, I don't think there's any. Once you throw a no hitter, you've sort of got that as a, you know, your ace up your sleeve, right? In negotiations. Right. I mean, you could stink it up for the rest of your career and you go negotiate. You know, I did throw a no hitter and, and the agents were like, he did throw a no hitter, you know, so you got to do something for that. But, um, and while anyway, I talk about um, Alabama, I do think it's worth noting. I, I think the biggest story in sports and sports universe, how this isn't discussed every minute of every hour on sports center and every show, I don't know, but Shohai Otani, the Japanese big leaguer that plays for the angels, how this is, he set every night, it's a new record. And every night he's the first to ever do it or the first to do it since Babe Ruth. But how in the world does a player lead the major leagues in home runs while also being a starting pitcher with an ERA of less than two? He's the best home run hitter in the major leagues. So far, he's been the best pitcher in the major leagues. That's just, it's one of the great sports achievements in, in, in America ever. I mean, that's just nuts. So people would tell you 10 years ago, it's impossible. And here he is, 13 home runs, ERA less than two. He's got more home runs than Ronald Acuna and a lower ERA than Max Scherzer. That's <laughs> just nuts. It is weird. Um, and it, it was interesting last night on our Sports Blitz program, we do these, you know, what's more impressive questions or what's the better accomplishment or any of that stuff. And um, the question was, what's more impressive? Is it Otani's, um, his leading the majors in, in uh, home runs along with being in the rotation or the pitching rotation? Or is it Arkansas winning every single series in the SEC uh, this year? And I said, man, I got. I guess I got to wait to see if Otani does it for the entire year to determine that because just doing it up till now right. is, is a nice accomplishment. But Arkansas winning every series, and of course they got one more series to go, but Arkansas winning every series in the SEC this year is absolutely ridiculous. I agree a million percent that it's so out of left field. I mean, it's, I would tell you, extra, extraordinarily difficult to do. But then throwing it, if, if it was a Vanderbilt, I would be like, I would be like, well, Vanderbilt is the best program in the country. But but it, but no one talks about Arkansas in those terms. So so to me, it's just incredible that it's that it's someone other than Vanderbilt. And even if Vanderbilt was doing it, I'd be like, holy moly, they've won every SEC series. How do you do that in this league? And uh, yeah, hats off to the uh, to the Hogs. Uh, I think there's about six teams in the SEC six that will go into the NCAA baseball tournament with a legitimate chance to win the College World Series. Six. Uh, Florida, Vanderbilt, uh, Tennessee in the east, uh, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Ole Miss in the west. Uh, Jimmy, all, all, all six could, could all six are legit threats to win the World Series. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Rock Auto rockauto.com is where you want to go convenient self-service on rockauto.com it's just fantastic you can't beat it um with ever increasing numbers of makes like fiat and kia uh or fiat and kia i don't know and models like pacifica and xt5s it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need at a traditional chain storefront why endure the pointless 
or seemingly intimidating questioning. Is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You know, you, you don't know. You bought a car and you ride you around and you got a mechanic that handles your car stuff, but you can save yourself some money by going to rockauto.com, buying the parts you need, take them to your mechanic, let him just handle the labor, you handle the parts. So easy. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same part at a chain store? It just makes no sense. Go to rockauto.com and listen, they will take care of you. The site is so easy to navigate. Go check them out. rockauto.com, R-O-C-K-A-U-T-O.com, Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? RockAuto.com. Also, betonline.ag. Look, you can't beat betonline.ag. You can't, I would not bet against betonline.ag. That's how confident I am in this. It is a great site. You can play poker and blackjack and you know do things like that. But you know what? You can bet on Major League Baseball. You you like the Braves? Go bet on the Braves. You like the Detroit Tigers? Go bet on the Detroit Tigers. Whatever. You like uh, NBA? Man, they got all kind of NBA prop bets and regular bets and everything you want at betonline.ag. Use promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. Promo code Locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. I said it three times, so you cannot pretend I have not told you. I have told you this. So go to betonline.ag, promo code locked on, 50% welcome bonus. Bet on whatever you want to bet on, even reality TV at betonline.ag. You will absolutely love this easy-to-navigate site, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Uh, Okay, Jimmy, so... I saw something interesting too, and I'm going to try and get this guy on the podcast. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. JD Davidson is training with um, a, 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 like a professional or an NBA shooter coach thing. And I thought that was really neat um, because the guy actually, I'm, I'm going to try and find, the article because I retweeted it. So give me a second while I got to try and find this thing. But um, here it is. His name is, well, his handle. I don't think this is his actual name. This would be an incredible actual name, but I think it's just his handle. Lethal Shooter. If I meet a dude named Lethal Shooter and that's on his driver's license, I'm running. <clears throat> Anywho. Yeah. That's um, easy to get mixed up uh, what that really means. So it, yeah, it, it'd have it me is. nervous until I saw some basketball credentials. So Lethal Shooter said, J.D. Davidson, this is a tweet, J.D. Davidson has been taking the art of shooting very seriously. When you have a 40-plus inch vertical, it's very important to have the right shooting mechanics. Over the course of multiple workouts, I was able to make major changes that will change his life forever. More work to be done. And so I I just clicked on his uh, profile because I thought, uh, you know, this guy may not be legit. This may be just some dude. In J.D. Davidson's hometown. Well, in his profile, it says NBA shooting coach, and he's got 31,000 Twitter followers. So, yeah, this is a dude, and he's got a blue check mark. Hmm. Oh, he has a blue check mark. Yeah. Hmm. I would just be interested. I would just, I would just want to know how many guys have you trained that have played or do play in the NBA? And and, and that's not – I mean, you know, I, I work for QB Country. We train – quarterbacks at every level. So, I mean, I know these things exist because <laughs> I'm in one myself. <laughs> and, and hey, everybody starts somewhere too. Uh, just because you don't have a long list of clientele doesn't mean that you're not really good 
at, at what you do and that you're benefiting the kids. But yeah, I'd be interested in learning more about it because that's just the first I've heard of it. And uh, everyone that I talk to that knows J.D. Davison's game really well, they all mention when you're talking about, you know, hey, what does this kid need to work on? And uh, universally you hear, well, he, he needs to become a better shooter. So glad to hear that he is taking it so seriously. He went to the trouble of getting a private coach to help him work on that. Yeah, and look, more and more I'm beginning to think J.D. Davidson is going to be a one-and-done type of guy. I mean, I, I just the more I consider this, the more I believe he is definitely going to be a one-and-done type guy. But um, I'm just – I'm glad to I see – I hope so. I hope so. That means – I mean, how good will he be? On the other hand, Josh Primo looks like he may have been one-and-done and average, what, eight points a game? Uh, <laughs> so. That's right. That's right. I mean, you you never know. I mean, it's yeah. it, it's just wild out there right now with all this stuff. So, I mean, who, who the heck knows what what the kids are going to do? Kids these days are absolutely bananas. That's right. Um, wow. Yeah, but the, I mean, everybody's got their own coach. Hey, it's a big it's a big thing. I'm not going to talk about who just now. I'm sure you can follow QB Country on uh, on Twitter. But uh, this morning, as we record this, is Wednesday morning. There are two. Uh, SEC quarterbacks, SEC quarterbacks uh, out at QB Country Mobile training just this morning as we speak. All right, Jimmy, let's take another break. When we come back, we will have one more final segment to the show, which is pretty standard and obvious, I guess. I don't even know why I needed to announce that. All right, Jimmy. Yeah, that was uh, maybe the worst outro. Segue into nothing. Segway into, into a sack of grits, literally. Um, I'm excited about recruiting. There's a lot of stuff talking about. I mean, we're kicking off at 2.30 against Miami. Other kickoff times are being set. Summer magazines come out in just about two weeks. Uh, we are today, as we record this, just 78 days until practice starts. And when practice starts, that's football season. Uh, when practice starts, what that means is our guys hit the practice field. There's stuff to read about online every single day about practice, not to mention the NFL preseason games will have started. So we're 78 days away from the Steelers versus the Cowboys to kick off football 2021. Uh, I saw an article from Andrew Bone, friend of the program. Uh, go check out his book, which was, you know, Tales from the Recruiting Trail, I think. I can't remember the actual name, but it's a great book. All you got to do is look up Andrew Bone. He'll come up. It's a great book. I've read it. It's cool. Um, he said uh, he was doing some typical recruiting notes. Uh, he said he's recently removed a few players off Alabama's RB board, running back board, in Katron Allen, uh, Tavares Jones, and Terrence Gibbs. He's also removed Gavin Shawchuk. Um Really? And so, and, and then Jabron Payne, it looks like, won't be involved. But, you know, Alabama's got to remember, Alabama fans need to remember, we already have Emmanuel Henderson committed. Um, and this right. guy apparently uh, is really beefing up. Um, I, I read another story on yeah. him, I think it was on 24-7, where they said this guy is, he's already put on like 15 pounds of muscle. He's up to, uh, you know, a little over 200 pounds, I believe. Um, he's he's going to be a deal this year. Yeah, my only word of warning about that is just I've seen <clears throat> I've seen it in the past. Not with every kid, of course. Every kid is different. We got to remember that it's not one rule fits all. But I have seen running backs in the past that as they grow bigger and heavier, uh, they just lose 
uh, quickness to the point that, uh, that they become ineffective at the next level. So as long as he is maintaining his natural speed and quickness, this is great news. Uh, if this is negatively affecting that, it's not good news because your running back has to be fast. Having a slow 300-pound running back will not work. Your running back might be able to get away uh, with playing at 115 pounds if he's as fast as Forrest Gump. So speed is more important than size at running back position. Ideally, you find the freak who's big and fast. And uh, Emmanuel Henderson may be that guy because he's getting bigger and is now a pretty big back as is. And we know he was fast when he was younger. I remember a back that, that, that washed out at Alabama quickly. But I saw, do you remember, Luke, we signed him in the 08 class, Jermaine Prier from Davidson and Mobile. Oh, yeah. I saw Prier. I went to um, a spring game. This would have been the spring before his junior year. So I guess he was in the 10th grade at the time. Um, I was waiting for the varsity because Davidson had a couple of varsity prospects. And I think they were playing, they might have been playing Andre Smith and, and Huffman in a spring game. That's my recollection of it. But I watch a JV game, and Davidson puts us running back on the field that looks to be about 185. He looked to me about 185, but but wasn't super short. I mean, this was like 5'10", 185, and it was easy to imagine him at 5'10", 205 one day. And, man, this kid had jukes and moves and with no block. And now he's playing JV football out there. But I'll, I'm looking at the raw tools, and the raw tools were like, You've got to be kidding me. This is a dude. This is an SEC player for sure. And I remember texting my my recruiting buddies, the, the recruit guys that work in the recruiting industry, whether it be a bone or, or Tim Watts, and you know, recruit, you know, letting them go, hey, there is a young back in Mobile that is going to be in the SEC, and this is his name, and and this is where he plays, and you go ahead and add him to your list now. He's a slam dunk, right? That's and then right. the kid would end up signing with Alabama. But what happened was I couldn't wait to see him later. Even later that year, Luke, he was noticeably bigger. In his senior year, he was even noticeably bigger. And by the time he signed with Alabama, he was probably 210. Now, when I first saw him, he was like 185. And when I saw Prier play at 210, I I'll be honest, I, I totally backed off what I said earlier. I started criticizing it. I'm like, I can't believe we took this guy. He's not good enough. This is not an SEC back. Uh, and, and to me, it was... 100% the weight gain. And while he looked muscular and what you expect an SEC back to look like, that explosion that I saw him have in the 10th grade was just gone and replaced. He, he just became more of a lumbering guy. At, and I think to some extent that happened to Najee, uh, uh, who's much heavier now than he was when he was in high school. But the Najee Harris I saw in his high school tape look faster to me than the Najee we have now. And no question, he's, he's 35 pounds of muscle bigger today than he was, you know, in the 10th and 11th grade. So I, I think it's affected Najee. It just didn't affect him to the point it made him, in, it made him where he couldn't play. Uh, but Najee, I, I would insist, Najee Harris was a faster, quicker human being in the 12th grade than he is now. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And then, of course, he talks about Branson Robinson, who we've discussed um, in length in other podcasts, and Trevor Etienne, of course, uh, Travis's brother, and Gillespie, Coach Gillespie at Alabama, has a great relationship with him. Uh, he's an intriguing prospect to me, the number two all-purpose back, uh, of course, out of Louisiana, 
it seems like it's an Alabama-Clemson battle right now. But, boy, how many running backs are we going to take in this class? If we take Emmanuel Henderson – now, Emmanuel Henderson is is rumored to be moving around, could be just a jack-of-all-trades type of guy and end up somewhere, who knows. And But if you take Branson Robinson, if we end up – or lucky enough to get him, I'm not saying – of course, we take him. I'm not sure that uh, he's coming to us. Georgia is the favorite. But, boy, I'm just curious. We're in on a lot of running backs considering our running back room is pretty dead gum stacked. Seven on scholarship right now, and we only definitely lose one of them. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and Brian Robinson. But you got Roy Dell Williams at two. You got Jason McClellan at three. I would say we have Keelan Robinson at four. Uh, and then Kamar Wheaton at five, Trey Sanders at six. And, and I, I say Kyle Edwards brings up the rear at seven. So – if you're taking two, we can have eight next year, which is an absurd number. We must believe that guys will leave if we're taking two. We must believe that. And, you know, I think, I think if Kyle Edwards doesn't play at all this fall, he's a guy that may decide, you know, that, that, that he can find more carries somewhere else. Trey Sanders has these enormous issues regarding his health. Uh, we'll know more about Trey's health this fall, good, bad, or indifferent. We'll know more this fall for sure. And, and that could go south. The, the staff knows more about that than we do. Um, but but that's obviously a question mark. Keelan Robinson, we probably didn't talk about this enough. Keelan Robinson, by the end of the spring, <coughs> was splitting time between running back and wide receiver. So he could become a full-time wide receiver at some point or decide he wants to leave because I think that's something he's likely considered in the past. So it does seem crazy that we'd take two, but then you kind of look at each individual situation and you're like, well, maybe Alabama will need two by this time next year. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, and again, the transfer portal is just a, a whirling dervish of bananaisms. Why have I said banana so many times in this podcast? I think that's a problem. I was asked this, um, in one ad for Built Bar, which you pitch excellently, by the way, you pitch this excellently. Um, I don't understand why Built Bar doesn't have you on national commercials, frankly. But I agree, they should. I was asked, and, and I came up with the answer, so I'm sort of answering this for you, but I was asked, Luke claims that Built Bar, you can gain weight, maintain your weight, and lose weight with Built Bar. And I refuse to believe this doesn't violate the laws of physics. Because how can you gain weight, maintain weight, and lose weight from the same product? And well, I think it's pretty easy. <laughs> I, I think it's easy, too. Hey, look, if you get a case of Built Bars, and you should, you should order a case of Built Bars, you should, and you eat the whole damn case, you're going to gain some weight, especially if you do it all at once. But if you use Built Bars as, as the manufacturers of the product intended you to use them, you can maintain your weight even though you're eating a chocolate bar or lose weight if you're eating them as part of a keto diet, which the manufacturer recommends that, hey, if you're on a keto diet, eat this product because it's, it's, it's good for you. So <laughs> I say that you can actually gain, maintain, and lose weight all from this one wonderful product. But anyway, we just had a, we just had a friend of the show listener point this out. That um, in a single pitch, you said gain, maintain, and lose all, all in one pitch. 
Uh, but here's the deal. I, I'm going to call you out here. I think you mean a keto diet. Keto, keto is like keto. who slept on OJ's couch. <laughs> Put it this way. With my history of dieting, I'm more likely to become best pals with Kato Kalen than I am to, 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 to do a keto or any type of diet. I am a, I'm really shitty at diets. This is my least of all of the things I suck at. I suck at that the most. I, I love this that somebody says, hey, Jimmy, um, are you going on a diet? Yeah, I'm trying this Kato diet, but he tastes like <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm trying to taste this oh, yeah, this Kato diet. He tastes horrible. I can't get this Kato taste out of my mouth. <laughs> it tastes it tastes like old leather couches and cigarette and loneliness. <laughs> oh, I've got no doubt with that hair after the OJ trial. He had the groupies lined up around the courthouse block, even though he literally had no job and slept on couches. I mean, it is, it's crazy how your 15 minutes of fame can help you. I mean, we haven't had our, here we are still, his 15 minutes still, still going strong, apparently. Yeah. Cause here we are literally 25 years later, you know, the OJ trial happened when I was in law school. So it was quite the experience that the trial of the century went on while I was in law school, because it was obviously something that we talked about at school and in class and the professors every single day. It was quite the education all right buddy uh unbelievably we're going to end it on that note for some reason um so <laughs> yeah, we'll send it with a football note let's end it with a football note let's go with uh how about this how about how about we'll end it with a hint and and it's just a hint and it's really all we got how about, how about this what well, teaser i think if the if the rule passes where alabama can can take players uh interconference and 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 this is something that happens despite our numbers I'm going to predict right here. I'm just predicting we're not done. There will be others. If it passes. Dun, dun, I don't dun. Know how. dun, dun. That's right. I like that. That's a cool, cool sound effect. All right, buddy. That's all we got. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.